0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again this week on the program. And uh, I'm going to do one more, I think, final program on the subject matter that we've been dealing with for the last five weeks. I really felt the need during this uh, pandemic to say some things because I'm asked these questions a lot. And about is this the end? Are we in the last days? And uh, for the last five weeks I've addressed, I think, many of those questions and concerns. Uh, First of all, let me just say I think if you've listened to the other five, probably it's taken a lot of fear out of your life and helped you to see that a lot of stuff that we thought was coming in the future have already taken place in the first century. And let me just say that if you've missed any of those programs, uh, we we, uh, have archived them on our YouTube channel, so that you can go back and listen to them, pause them, think about them, research, study them. The easiest way to get to my YouTube channel is simply to go to my website, and that is on the screen. There is a direct link on the opening page, up in the upper right hand corner, there is the YouTube icon. Tap on that, it will take you directly to my channel. Now we have all kind of videos all over uh, of YouTube, but that's my channel. And what we do on that channel is we archive everything that we've aired to date on that channel so that you can go back and watch it at your leisure. I feel like I brought a convincing argument on some of this, and I'm not trying to be argumentative. I'm just trying to be hopeful and give you some peace and rest in the midst of this what catastrophe that these are not the last days and the world is not coming to an end that the last days that the scriptures are talking about and I've showed you for the last five weeks are not the last days of this age. They were the last days of the old covenant age. That was rapidly coming to an end and God was giving birth to a brand new day. They were the people 1 Corinthians 10 said upon whom the ends of the ages had come. They were the people that were living in the last days that Peter talked about. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your old men will see visions and he goes on to say then that the sun will be dark and the moon will be turned into blood and the stars will fall from heaven. What Peter was referring to when he said that was not a global collapse or a universal collapse. He's using prophetic language. Now let me read this to you first of all because Matthew, I'm sorry I'm reading it from Luke's Gospel and there will be signs. Uh, Let me back up a few verses here so we kind of get the context. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, we talked about that was the Roman armies in AD AD 66 through 70. Then know that the desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains and let those who are in the midst of her depart and let those who are in the country not enter her. He's talking to first century Jews during the siege of Jerusalem when you see, he said this would be the sign of his coming is when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies. He said, for these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days, for there will be great distress in the land. Wrath upon this people. Talking about God keeping His end of the covenant bargain of the law, because they refuse to be receive the redemption from the curse of the law. He wept over Jerusalem, because he said, I would have gathered you under my feathers. I wanted to give you mercy, but you would not. And we've sat up, talked a lot about that in our timelines. He says, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. That finds its fulfillment in Revelation, the 11th chapter, under the operation of the seventh trumpet, which is the last trumpet. The last trumpet sounds in Revelation chapter 11, and it is given to the Gentiles to tread under foot the holy city for 42 months. That was the times of the Gentiles. And there, I want to get to this one, though. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity, raving uh, uh, the sea and, w- and waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Now let me just stop for here a moment. Let me skip down. A lot of stuff could be said here, but am I going to take another segment to do this? He said, look at the fig, we'll read it, verse 29, and he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know yourself that summer is now, n- now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, what? Jerusalem encompassed with armies. When you see all of these things that Jesus warned of, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation, not somewhere in the distant future, this generation. He's talking to a first century Jewish nation who would see all of these things occur, of Jerusalem being encompassed with armies, the powers of the heavens shaken, on and on. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Look at this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Now let me first of all say to you that what happens to us is we get over here and we see prophetic language and because we've not learned how to interpret it, we're missing what is being said here. We think in terms of, let me let me see if I can find my note here, it blinked out on me. But we think it's talking about when we see the the terminology like signs in the heavens, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall be turned into blood, and the stars shall fall from heaven. Let me just tell you that when they're prophesying those things, that that kind of language is used all throughout the Old Testament when it talks about the demise of nations and the casting down and the upheaval among rulers and powers and political powers. But it's specific when it talks about the dream of Joseph, where Joseph saw the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down to him. He's giving precedence for biblical prophetic interpretation. When he tells his father the dream, his father understands the symbolism. And he says to him, you saw the sun, the moon, and the stars bow down, shall I and thy mother and thy brethren bow down to you? What he's talking about there, is that the sun, the moon, and the stars were symbols of natural Israel. So when he talks about the sun being darkened, the moon being turned into blood, and the stars falling from heaven, he's not talking about cosmic collapse. He's talking about the nation of Israel coming under the vengeance and the judgment that God had pronounced on this nation in the first century the fig tree was about to be shaken by a mighty wind, and the fig tree is a symbol of natural Israel. The fig tree was about to be shaken by a mighty wind. The winds and of a Pentecost had begun to blow. The kingdom was now coming on the scene and it was about to be gone with the wind. It was about to remove an old Jerusalem and give birth to a new Jerusalem. It was about to cause an old heaven and an old earth to pass away and a new heaven and a new earth to come on the scene. Now let me just tell you, let me just read a few things from my notes here that just make it a whole lot quicker for me. I said please note the context of some of these passages that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, using the terminology of the new heaven and the new earth. It follows the judgment of natural Jerusalem and the bringing in of the Gentile nations. This puts the setting in A.D. 70, it is my opinion that the old heaven and the old earth are dealing with the old covenant, the new heaven and the new earth are dealing with the new covenant, and the new man, the new bride, the new Jerusalem. An old Jerusalem was being destroyed, and a new Jerusalem was coming on the scene. An old heaven and an old earth were passing away, and a new heaven and a new earth were coming on the scene. An old creation was uh, being removed, and new creation was coming on the scene. An old man was being removed, and the new man was coming on the scene. It would be also easy to connect the words of Peter in Acts chapter 2 when he said, "...the sun, the moon, and the stars are symbols of natural Israel and its covenant to the passing of the old heaven and the old earth." But I want you to see that this ter- this terminology, look at this. i want to read this to you from Isaiah 65, verse 17 through 19. It says, For behold, I create new heaven and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem of rejoicing, and her people a joy, and I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people, and the voice of weeping shall no more be heard, or the voice of crying. Now let me just tell you that when he talks about creating a new heaven and a new earth, it is in this context, this is Isaiah 65, now that's the latter part of it where he's talking about I create a new heaven and a new earth. Now, remember, I told you the sun, the moon, and the stars were symbolic of natural Israel and them being uh, those that it was given to the old covenant, with their temple being the centerpiece of their covenant. But I want you to see this in Isaiah 65 to put the context in here for you. Isaiah 65, we just read verse 17 through 19. Now I want to read to you 65, verse 1 through 3. I am sought of them that ask not for me." He's talking about the Gentiles there. "...I am found of them that sought me not. I said, Behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. I have spread out my hands all day unto a rebellious people which walketh in a way that was not good after their own thoughts. A people that provoketh me to anger continually to my face, that sacrifice in the gardens and burn incense upon the altars. Now he says, all day long I held out my hands to a rebellious people, but I'm about to be found of them who sought not for me. Look, talking about the Gentiles. But what I want you to see is that the Apostle Paul quotes this very scripture in Romans the 10th chapter, verse number 20. When he says, But Isaiah is very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not, I was made manifest unto them that ask not for me. But to Israel he saith, All day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. So he puts The context of all day long I've held out my hands to a uh, rebellious people in the context of that when he says I will be found of them that sought not for me. And Paul draws that verse out of Isaiah and puts it in Romans 10 when he's talking about them not receiving their Messiah they went about to establish their own righteousness, and he said, I would to God that my prayers that Israel be saved, but they've not sought God after knowledge. And they were about to miss it. So he puts the context then of this new heaven and the new earth in the first century. Now I believe that we could also go to the, the book of Second Peter chapter 3, verse number 12-13, to he says... "...looking for and hastening under the tum- coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwells righteousness." Now listen, the coming of the day of God was the day of wrath. The day of the Lord all through the Scriptures is a terminology that is used to talk about a day of wrath. But he goes on to say in this verse in Second Peter that the elements will be melt with a fervent heat and the heavens will be on fire, will be deserve, dissolved. Now let me tell you that he's not talking here in the context of the dissolve of something that comes as a result of a nuclear bomb or a catastrophic explosion or a meteor hitting the earth or anything else. He is talking about the elements will melt with a fervent heat. This word elements is used other places in the Scripture to describe the Old Covenant. It is where Paul says we are not under the weak and beggarly elements, touch not, taste not, handle not. Paul rebukes the Galatians, he said I am afraid of you because you have gone back up under the law and you have become subject to the elements of this world, touch not in other words he's talking about the elements of the law. So when he's talking about these things are going to be dissolved and they're going to melt with a fervent heat. He is pointing to the destruction of their temple and their city and this old covenant that would happen in A.D. 70. If you ask any first century Jewish person what was heaven and earth to them, they would say it is their temple and their covenant and their city. Because the, to them, the temple was the place where heaven and earth met. It was the Beth El. It was where God and man met together. But what you want you? want I want you to see is that that was what they thought was the old heaven and the old earth. And what He was declaring to them is, listen, the temple that you think I'm living in is not the temple. Jesus said, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it back, because Jesus was the true temple of God. And when we are in Christ, then as part of His corporate body we, being fitly framed together, build a habitation of God through the Spirit. What? Know ye not, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So an old temple was fading away, and a new temple was coming on the scene. An old Jerusalem was being destroyed, and God was getting married to a new Jerusalem, the bride, the Lamb's wife. An old tabernacle was fading off the scene, and a new temple was coming on the scene wherein dwells righteousness. The passing away of the heavens and the earth are not talking about Global catastrophe or nuclear warfare. It was talking about the removal of the old covenant. When Josephus writes concerning the temple during the siege of Jerusalem, he talks about that it had the. It was like a microcosm of heaven and earth. It was like a model of the universe. It had embroideries in the curtain, and it had the the signs of the zodiac and and it had the candlestick and the lights and it had all of the the, the embroidery of the angels and the seraphim. And yet, uh, the colors that were set there spoke of the heavens and the earth. And there was this great big basin in the middle of it called the Brazen Sea, or if you will, the Sea of Glass. And in Revelation chapter 21, he says to them, uh, "And, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. The first heaven and the first earth are not cosmic collapse, it was the passing away of the old covenant, people of Israel and their temple, and that old covenant, and that old covenant was passing away, and the new covenant was coming on the scene. And he says then in the next verse, he says, uh, he goes on to say, and I saw new heaven and new earth, and there was no more sea. That doesn't mean the ocean dried up, it means the brazen labor that was in the outer court is no longer there. And he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and uh, um. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. And then he says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and God will live with them, and He will wipe off tears from their eyes. This is almost a direct quote, actually it is a direct quote from Isaiah, I believe it is uh, chapter 6, because uh in in isaiah's in, in isaiah's portion of this let me see if I got it in my notes here somewhere uh he talks about in Isaiah chapter sixty he said the sun shall no longer be your light in revelation there's no light need of the sun or the moon or the stars in revelation twenty one there's no uh for the Lord God giveth us light in revelation twenty one uh in in uh Isaiah 60, arise and shine, your light will come, the Gentiles will come to your light. In chapter 21 of Revelation, the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And, Reve- and Isaiah chapter 60, prophesying concerning this new covenant city of God, this new bride of Christ, which we are, Kings shall, um, kings shall minister to you, and the glory of Lebanon shall be brought to you. And in Revelation chapter 21, verse 24, kings of the earth bring their glory to Him. In Isaiah 60, your gates shall be open continually, and shut not day or night. And in chapter 21 of the book of Revelation, its gates shall not be shut all day, and there shall be no light. In chapter 60 of Isaiah the wealth of the Gentiles shall be brought into it, and in Revelation chapter 21 verse 26 they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And Isaiah chapter 60 all your people shall be gathered, shall be all righteous, and in Revelation chapter 21 there shall be by no means anything that enters into it that defiles. And Isaiah 66 I believe it is it talks about God will wipe all tears from their eyes when this occurs, and he's not talking about there will never be another problem, he's talking about the, the weeping and the wailing and the gnashing of teeth that was promised at the end of Matthew chapter 24 where the city was destroyed by the Romans. He said there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It was the end of the old covenant bargain and it was the last plagues. It was the last time it would ever happen. It was great tribulation such as was not since the foundation of the world. Uh, let me just let me just uh, read a few other things t- to you, Listen uh, to show you that it's speaking of the bride, the Lamb's wife, in uh, Revelation uh, number 21. But let's read this from uh, Galatians, the fourth chapter, verse 21, I'm going to read to you from the a- Amplified Bible, it says, Tell me, you who are bent on being under the law, will you listen to what the law really says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the bondmaid, one by the free woman. But whereas the child of the slave woman was born according to the flesh, had an ordinarily birth, the son of the free woman was born in fulfillment of the promise. Now all this is an allegory. It's a picture. These two women represent two covenants. One covenant originated from Mount Sinai where the law was given and bears children destined for slavery. This is Hagar. Now, Hagar is and stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia, and she corresponds to and belongs in the same category with the present Jerusalem. In other words, he's calling the present Jerusalem, Hagar, Mount Sinai, the Old Covenant. And he's saying to them, she is in bondage together with her children to this day. But the Jerusalem above, that is the Messianic kingdom of Christ, is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren who has not given birth to children. Break forth into joyful shout, you who are being feeling birth pains." for the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. The birth pains that she's talking about here are the birth pains of Matthew 24 when you see all of these wars and earthquakes and and you see uh, persecutions. It was the beginning of sorrows but we showed you in a prior segment all these things are merely the beginning of birth pains. It goes on to say, but we brethren, our children, or it says, uh, verse 27, for it is written in the Scripture, Rejoice, O barren woman, who hast not given birth to children. Break forth into a joyful shout, you who are not feeling birth pains. For the desolate woman has many more children than she who has a husband. But we, brethren, we, brethren, are children, not by physical descent, as was Ishmael, but like is Isaac, we were born in virtue of the promise. And yet, just as at the same time the child of the ordinary birth born according to the flesh, despised and persecuted him who was born remarkably, according to the promise and the working of the Holy Spirit, so it is now also. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out and send away the slave woman and her son, she will for never, never, never Never shall the son of the slave woman be heir and share in the inheritance with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are we who are born again are not children of the slave woman, but of, of but of that, uh, we're not born of the slave woman, the natural, but we're born of the free, the supernatural. He tells them, Old Jerusalem was the messi. Was, no, I'm sorry, was Mount Sinai in ginger to bondage and was under the law. The New Jerusalem was the messianic kingdom of Christ. The old heaven and the old earth passed away. There's another scripture in Isaiah that that talks about Isaiah 51, uh, verse number 16 says, And I have put My words in your mouth, and I have covered you with the shadow of My hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth, and say to Zion, You are My people. So He calls, the when He laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens, He calls them, that when He says, I plant the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth, He said to Zion, You are My people. So the old heaven and the old earth was their temple, it was their covenant, and it was their people. And that old heaven and that old earth was about to pass away, and a new heaven and a new earth was about to come on the scene wherein dwells righteousness. We are a part of the messianic kingdom of Christ. And all of these catastrophes that you see prophesied here have already taken place, and they are not in your future. And when you look at it in the context of the fulfillment of these prophecies, remember Luke's gospel said, these things, these are the days of vengeance, that all things that were spoken might be fulfilled. Paul the Apostle puts the context of this fulfillment in his day when he said, all day long I have held out my hands to a rebellious people. That's a direct quote of Isaiah. And then he tells them, I create a new heaven and a new earth. Now let me say one more thing, and I'm going to try to wrap this up at least for this time. If we are not living in a new heaven and a new earth, and in a new Jerusalem, and we are not, if the powers of the heavens have not already been shaken, and the and the stars have not already fallen from heaven, and we're not living in a new heaven and a new earth, then we are still under the law. Because Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said not one, He said heaven and earth will pass away, but not, but not one not, I'm sorry, not one word of the law will p- pass until heaven and earth pass away. Heaven and earth passed away. If that did not pass away, then we are still up under the law and we are still in the bondage of that old covenant. And, and I'm I, I probably am not going to have the time to find the verse in, in Matthew but he says until heaven and earth pass not one jot or one tittle of the law oh, uh, here it is He says, do not think, verse 17, Matthew 5, do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets, I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. For surely I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law, till all is fulfilled. If Jesus did not fulfill all the prophecies, remember, these are the days of vengeance that all things that were spoken might be fulfilled. Jesus did not come to destroy the law and the prophets; he came to fulfill it. He came to give every fulfill, every demand that it made, and when he did, it could roll together like a great scroll and pass away with a great noise, and the elements could melt with a fervent heat. But we, according to his promise, Peter said, are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. That's not out in our future. That's the new covenant, bride of Christ. It is the bride, the Lamb's wife. It is the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. It is the fulfillment of Revelation chapter 3 to him who overcomes. I'll grant him to set with me, or I will write upon him the name of my God and the same name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem. He calls the overcomer the New Jerusalem. We're a city set on a hill and at this season of pandemic you're either going to be the light or you're going to add to the darkness But I say to you, let God wipe the tears from your eyes. Let Him remove the fear. We're living in a brand new day. I trust this helped you to get some peace. Share it with your friends. We're about out of time. We do need your help. During this time of pandemic, we are not traveling, have not been traveling for weeks, and that's half of our income. So we do need your help to stay on the air and to stay in ministry. So if you'd like to help us to do that, and you appreciate what we're saying, go to the website. There is a place there and a link where you can give via credit card or PayPal. You can even set up a monthly recurring debt if you want to become a partner. You can also call the number on the screen. You can text to give, or you can send a check or money order to the address that will come on the screen, and it will help us to be able to continue in the ministry. God bless you, and thank you for joining us. Share this with your friends. I'm very excited to announce the release of my newest book. It is titled, From Law to Grace, A Kingdom Paradigm Shift. In this book, we talk about how the gospel is not about a law you have to keep. It is about receiving a life that will keep you. It is not about living this life out of fear. It is about living a life of faith. It is not about rules, it's about a relationship with a loving father. It is about moving from the old covenant, government of condemnation, to the new covenant, government of affirmation. It is about living life as a citizen of the kingdom right now.